Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. Hi, Desi. Kanye took to Instagram and claimed that Pete Davidson texted him about sleeping with his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. Or if they're exes yet, I'm not 100% sure. She is legally single. We discussed that last time. I have no idea what that means. Did you see these texts? I did. I didn't know that Kanye posted that to his Instagram. I think that's where they came from. I thought Uh, they came from one of Kanye's friends. I don't know where they came from, to be honest. I saw the text and I'm seeing this thing where he was on Instagram doing a story about how Pete is actually the one antagonizing the situation. Uh, so these texts, Kara posted them on her, uh, inst- I'm sorry, her Twitter. That's where I first saw them. Oh. So he, it's basically to Kanye from Pete saying, hey, it's it's Skeet. Remember I told you? Yeah, <laughs> Skeet. Kanye has called... Pete Davidson skeet this entire time. And so it appears that Pete Davidson is reclaiming skeet. So he's going to use it. It doesn't bother him. No. And I believe that. I believe Because he's a comic guy. Here's the thing about Pete Davidson. Not only is he a comic, but he's a sensitive young millennial comic. Yes. Like he might even be Gen Z. He's that young. I don't even, I I don't know. I think he is Gen Z. I think he's in his 20s. No, because there's still some millennials in their 20s. Well, I don't really know what the cutoff is. Look, he, he's more Gen Z, though, personality wise than agree. millennial. I agree. So sometimes you got to go by the vibe, I and think not he, the year. <laughs> honestly, he does have a Gen Z vibe. So that that is to say that I think Pete Davidson saying all that, he knows how to laugh at himself and he does laugh at himself. He seems like yeah. he knows he's a clown. Look, if you can make jokes about your dad dying in 9-11, you probably have a sense of humor about most things. Yeah, like I don't think the nickname Skeet is going to bother him. No. So he basically tells Kanye to grow the fuck up in these texts. And Kanye's like, oh, you're using profanity. I mean, come on, Kanye. Uh, And he says, where are you right now? And Pete sent a picture of him saying, in bed with your wife. (laughs) And the picture is him with his tongue out, peace sign, uh, he's got a lot of tattoos. I, I don't think he's I... He's famous for his tattoos. Have you seen some of the... He has some pretty deranged tattoos. I, it's not like something I follow. Uh, so I guess this is supposed to be an insult. Kanye says, happy to see you're out of the hospital in rehab. Is that like an insult, like a, a joke? Yeah. Because I don't think that he was in rehab, was he? Uh, I think I, he was. Recently? Like a year ago. Okay. So, but clearly that's still a jab yeah. from Kanye. Uh, same here. You should try it. That's what Pete. Davidson. That's what Pete said to Kanye. Uh, you don't scare me. Your actions are pussy and embarrassing. I'm sad to watch you ruin your legacy. And and Kanye invites him to Sunday service. So they're going back and forth in a very sort of typical beef. At the end, Kanye um, Pete or Skeet does offer <laughs> to help him uh, get help 
help, mental health uh, help. Uh, and I feel like he is um, pretty sincere in this, but at the same time, he probably knows it's a little bit of a dig too, right? Of, of course. And he also is probably irritated beyond belief in him at this point. Right. He, and, and Pete says at the end, like, you have no idea how nice I've been to you. Like he says, I've stopped SNL from talking about you or making fun of you. And I think there's also a, a vibe of this where it's like, leave Kim alone. She's a good mom. Why are you trying to do this? Uh, that was also sort of something that happened this, this week that he uh, is sort of defending Kim's mom skills or whatever. I mean, Kim is her own worst enemy because this, the Kim story this week that also broke was her telling everyone to get off their ass and work. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what drama? It's really wild that this is all going on in public. And you, I kind of feel for Pete because it's like he just probably liked Kim, thought he was going to hook up with her, and maybe they like each other to date longer. And he has to deal with this uh, situation on top of everything. It's like the worst case scenario for your new girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, like to, of all ex of all exes to have to deal with having to deal with Kanye West in this situation is probably not fun. And I think that the funny thing is, like Kanye will never understand the appeal of someone like Pete, but it's like we all very clearly see leaving Kanye and going to Pete is a very natural. <laughs> <laughs> like progression. Cause it's like going from someone who was probably super controlling over everything. And based on what we can tell, he picked out what she wore and like helped with her look. And that kind of came out with the Julia Fox stuff. Like he yeah. was also sort of in charge of what she wore. Um, so she's with this fun comedian uh, who seems really chill. They're smoking pot. Right? Weren't those pictures released this week where they're clearly stoned on Instagram? I didn't see those. That's where they went Instagram official. So are these text messages, like, are they real? I have no idea. Look, I'm not a journalist. (laughs) I just, my journalism comes from Cara Berry. (laughs) Honestly, I agree. Kanye hasn't. I, I, it doesn't seem too far-fetched. It seems slightly believable. Even the I'm in bed with your wife. I don't necessarily take at face value. It yeah. could just be him being fun, funny. Right. Uh, although I don't know that Kanye has a sense of humor right now, at least. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the other big story, uh, or as far as something we've, we've, we're kind of interested in shake took to uh, social media and publicly apologized to deep tea. This is from love is blind. We went into great depths on this guy, on the episode we did with Kara a few weeks ago. Did you see his apology? I did. Well, Deep T described it as fake. Oh. And she wants nothing to do with him. He apologized to Deep T publicly based on how he spoke about her on this dating show. We talked about it. It's like, you don't have to say these things. He basically is like, that's my aunt. I'm not sexually attracted to her. And stuff apparently like that. he said, we're, we're talking about love is blind. Apparently yes. he said even worse things that the cameras didn't get. I was irritated in the tell all or the reunion, whatever, that they didn't even give like an example of what were the worst yeah, things. Yeah, what's worse than that? Like what did, what did he, I just wanted to know. Like just even more crass ways of saying it maybe because what he said was pretty bad uh yeah i'm just trying to you can't help but think what would be worse yeah um so 
she basically said, this is the first time he's apologized right before he made that video. He sent me the same text message, like the text version of what he was going to say. But for me, it's too late. She said he was only apologizing to save his reputation and should have apologized earlier. She, according to her, he's just doing damage control. I mean, I agree. I think he thought it was going to go off better than it was initially and thought that he was going to save face at this reunion, but it only kind of got deeper and went more off the rails for him. Yeah. So I agree. There's nothing he said this week or whenever that came out that he couldn't have said a month ago. He just needs to lay low for a while till people forget. Yeah. I mean, and by people, I mean people on Tinder. That's obviously, to me, that that seems like the biggest reason for him apologizing and making this statement is so that... Because he's suffering some consequences. And the consequences he's suffering is people aren't swiping yes on him anymore as much. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, if it, if DP, it doesn't help Deep T, like the apology, she doesn't accept the apology. I mean, who are we to accept it? <laughs> It's for her. Yeah. I mean, it's not up to us. I do. I, I don't necessarily buy. He would have done it if he wasn't suffering some consequences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where you kind of get in trouble with these apologies. Maybe he's suffering consequences in the, in the vet community. Cause he's, and maybe other veterinarians are like, you suck. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know. Another person apologizing this week is Cher. Why? She's apologizing for being MIA on social media the past few days. She said that she is sorry. uh, And someone asked, how are you? And she said, you know, we all cry sometimes, but we cry a different kind of tears, tears that hurt. We become overwhelmed, reach a limit, then are forced to push that limit. So she's going through some shit. I don't know what, she didn't say what. Cher. Um, But you know, Cher, we're all going through some shit. (laughs) It's okay to take a break from social media. You don't have to apologize. Shares one of the best Twitter accounts. She's a, she definitely likes her uh, all caps. She does. (laughs) Which makes everything seem super extreme and dramatic. She has one of the, one of my favorite tweets of all time. It was from several years ago. And all it says is what's going on with my career. And my career is one word. (laughs) It's one word. There's no space between my and career. Yeah, she has some uh, interesting punctuation and word styling in her Twitter feed. I I like that it's literally, I am shitting this out right now and I don't fucking have time to go back and put a space. That's the best way to use Twitter. Me too. I agree. Um, This is pretty exciting. Guy Fieri has opened Downtown Flavortown, a restaurant and arcade in Tennessee. Where's so you actually from? can go to Flavortown. It's from Food and Wine magazine. Oh, that's where I get all my best food news from. <laughs> Is it? I every every time I do a mini, they have a good news section. They have a great news section. Uh, it's surprising because they really do kind of lowbrow food stuff too. It's not all you know, food fancy. and wine, fancy stuff. Okay, so where so is this? this is in Pigeon Forge, which means we can do a Flavortown Dollywood uh, extravaganza trip. We got to invite Allie. Yeah. And you can't leave her out of this one. <laughs> she can bring all her handmade t-shirts. I think she has a Guy Fieri and a Dolly. I wore her Guy Fieri t-shirt the other day. Okay. So yeah, that sounds now it's definitely worth the trip. There's two things to do. And I happen to know they also have year-round Christmas stores in what? Pigeon Forge. Because when I drove across the country that time, I stopped there. I didn't go to 
Dollywood because it was like not open the day I was there, which was sad. But I drove to it down this road and on the way to Dollywood, uh, I just wanted to like look at it (laughs) outside. There was all these year round Christmas stores and fireworks stores. That's exciting. Just everywhere down, up and down this uh, turnpike or whatever the fuck it was. So this is a 43,000 square foot space that you can get food at. And it's also a massive arcade and entertainment center. This is a 300 uh, seat restaurant and you can get dragon's breath, cheese fries, trash can nachos, and his award-winning bacon mac and cheeseburger, which is topped with bacon and six cheese, mac and cheese, onion straws. And of course, donkey sauce. I'm sorry. Six cheese, six cheeses, which, which, which six? Which cheeses are these? That's a it's lot like of cheese. It's like medium cheddar, sharp cheddar, Colby Jack, <laughs> Colby Jack. Uh, Parmesan maybe is Gouda. one. I have no idea. I'm sure it's Gruyere. tasty, but I wonder if it really matters at some I, point, right? Thing. Okay. I have a controversial opinion. Yeah. I never know the difference if something is four cheeses or one cheese. I honestly, because a lot of things are advertised as four cheese this and four cheese that. Well, yeah, in this case, especially certain cheeses that are on a same similar palette flavor palette palette. No. Yeah, to me, like Monterey Jack and a mild cheddar, I'm not going to really have that much distinction for me, especially melted together. Yeah, I, I mean, I would be curious to have like a cheese tasting. Yeah, and be like, here it is with two, here it is with three. Some things I can see, like like adding Parmesan is going to make a little saltier, right? Like there's some things I can kind of get, but when you're just using a variety of medium soft cheeses, then I'm going to wonder what you're tasting or what it's bringing to the table. I think it's a lot. I think it really has more to do with, um, especially in America, the love of more. Yes. You know what what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't, yeah. It's like this. And and we have six cheeses. It's like, damn, (laughs) why not a hundred cheeses? Why not? Um, so he also has his famous drinks, Bloody Marys, Mojitos, Long Island iced teas, and you can get the drink of your choice in a collectible tiki mug, uh, which is $45. Oh my God. That's pretty, wait, uh, what's a bubbling bowl? That's one of his, uh, items. Uh, you don't know what that is? Well, bubbling bowl. <laughs> it sounds like a bubbly dip, maybe like a hot like a fondue. cheese dip. Yeah. So this also has a bowling alley and, and it has like old school video games, uh, which sounds really fun to me. It looks like an old school arcade. It's all lit up. This is like you're going to Flavortown. Yeah. It's literally Flavortown. So that sounds fun. Uh, I, I really am into that trip. Here's another stupid story. Poutine restaurant chain has forced to explain it has no connection with Putin. Oh, <laughs> I feel bad for what? this place. I and feel bad too, because it's like, not only are you dealing with this, but you're also dealing with very stupid people <laughs> who think that that has anything to do with Putin. It's not even spelled. The it's same. not even said similarly. Like there's no connection at all. Poutine isn't even, it's Canadian. Yeah. What? So there is a loc- a chain okay. of poutine restaurants, uh, that have, we know what poutine is. It's French fries, cheese curds, and gravy. Yes. Which I've never had it. I haven't either. I want this so badly. Um, it is called Maison de la Poutine, which is House of Poutine, <laughs> French, <laughs> if you didn't know. Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> they posted on social media saying that they have been receiving insults because people are mistaking poutine with 
Putin and thinking that's the French translation of Putin. That's fucking idiotic. First of all, that would be... Let's just take the dish out of this. It would be funny if that was how you said Putin in French. (laughs) Poutine. (laughs) I like the simplicity of thinking that that's just the French way to say Putin. stunned. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) Who... Okay, is this one person or a group of people who are They have been getting five to six calls per hour. I... I, this has to be some kind of psyop. I don't, this doesn't even sound real to me. Uh, yeah. And it would be a very weird, um, promotion <laughs> to like get people to your restaurant. Like if you get busted, no, you're, you're going out of business very quickly. Um, I don't know. I mean, we know it is true that some people are changing very ridiculous things. Like it's not Russian dressing. It's like, come on, like that's Calm not, down. that's not what we're, we have an issue with. <laughs> We don't have an issue with Russian food, Russian people. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like freedom fries. It's fucking stupid. It's very weird. So the other story from food and wine that I saw, food and wine are go-to. Who knew? Is this new? Because I feel like I just started, these no. just started coming. I'm a big fan of going to food and wine for our mini episodes. <laughs> okay. Are these all from food and wine? The poutine? No, this one's from What's food and wine. What's the story from? I have no idea. I closed it. Okay. I'm sure well, it's like, everywhere. I don't want, I don't want the, the sites to be like, hey, your it's diarrhea literally a show st- yeah. <laughs> stole, didn't credit us. It's everywhere. Um, so this is from food and wine. Yes, that other one was from food and wine. There, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Hidden Valley created a ranch diamond using ranch seasoning. Stop it. Now, stop it. Can you imagine <laughs> getting this engagement ring? I would be, this diamond is made from ranch dressing. <laughs> I'd be devastated. I'd be fucking devastated. Um, so obviously we all have concerns about the diamond trade. <laughs> this is a way of dealing with that. Um, so basically Hidden Valley Ranch created the first of its kind diamond that was made from Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning. (laughs) (laughs) The two carat diamond ring described as by Hidden Valley Ranch as a beautiful and timeless way for ranch lovers to show their love for each other and for ranch. It's being put up for auction today with all proceeds from this gift going to a charity called Feeding America. Let me see a picture of it. Does it have, does it have little blue speckles in it? It doesn't. It's perfectly clear. I mean, and that's, let me see it. That's made from Hidden Valley seasoning. Wow. I mean, I have a question. Could it just how, be anything? <laughs> how do we know? <laughs> what, hey, what if they're just lying? Or what if they just made a diamond and sprinkled this on and it had zero effect on the diamond making process? Right. But they can say, hey, this is ranch diamond. Um, so how does ranch turn into diamonds? They said that people wondered, just like we just wondered. Um, so the ranch diamond began life as Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning that was heated to 2,500 degrees, then crushed beneath 400 tons of pressure. Five months later, out popped a lab-produced diamond that was polished and given a round, brilliant cut uh, and placed on a white gold band. The finishing touch is that it was engraved on the inside with HVR. No. LVR. No. <laughs> no. No, that makes it even worse. It's the opening bid of $310. That's pretty cheap. That's really cheap. Now, I need to know 
if amongst the diamond community, this ring counts as a diamond, <laughs> like, I wonder what this, like, well, how, I don't know. The gemologist. Like, how are diamonds made traditionally? Like, fake, like let's say diamond. you want to make a lab diamond. Uh, look, there's the engraving. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, yeah. So there you go. If you want to uh, get this for your fiance, I honestly please don't, write us. I don't know uh, how lab diamonds are made, but those are like, they are diamonds. They're just not quote unquote natural diamonds. Like they're not harvested. Right. And I wonder what the, what's used instead of Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning normally. Like, is it just some other powder, powder, any powder, some other flavor packet? <laughs> Is it nor nor vegetable soup? Yeah, nor vegetable soup diamonds. Could you put in a request for Dorito uh, powder diamond? That's that's the diamond I'm going to propose to you with. It's going to be from nacho cheese Dorito powder. Um, So yeah, those are our stories that we have. We will take a break and be back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Desi, what are you watching this week? Um, I watched Severance. Have you seen all of it? I have. Okay, me Did too. Did you? Yeah, I started watching it last week. I like it a lot. I think it's fine. Really? I, I, it's one of those shows where I'm like, is this really that good or is this just nothing on? <laughs> I, like, I think it's fine. This is clearly going to end up in a disappointing conclusion because it's like all this mystery is being built and it's like pretty slow. Yeah. I mean, even though it's kind of interesting. It's pretty slow. It's pretty slow. So I don't think it's for everyone. It has a little bit of a Charlie Kaufman vibe for me, which I like. All the actors are great. Everything looks beautiful. I like it. I just am not uh, as blown away as everyone else seems to be. And I, I know everyone's going to be mad at the end. Because it's going it. to be one of those things where it's like, that's the reveal. Right. It's just not going to be. It's like the journey is, is the show, yeah. I think, more than the conclusion. Um, that's, so, your, that's your prediction. That's my prediction. Uh, I mean, I recommend it. What if the reveal is we find out what a waffle party really is? I mean, the only great reveal would be um, Christopher Walken and John Turturro actually make out fucking hard yeah. <laughs> like a sex scene then they will be like okay this is the best show ever if they if the season concludes with Christopher Walken and John Turturro fucking and that's like the final scene is just them having like nasty yeah. sex that you're right show of the year show of the year <laughs> I, by the way, I like it. It's just, I feel like everyone else is at like an 11 with it. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. Like, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, and I like a lot of the people in it, um, especially those two. So, yeah, we'll see. That's pretty much the only thing I watched, I think. I, yeah. We watched Severance. 
we like binged it last week and then watched the episode, the latest episode, whenever the other day. I do like it a lot. Um, and then this other weird show on Amazon that we watched a few years ago when the, the second season just came out, like just came out. It's called Upload. I don't, <laughs> I rarely watch comedies. Rarely. Right. And this is a comedy, but it's like a sci fi comedy. It's really stupid, yeah. but I really like it for some... It's just very entertaining to me. Who's in it? Nobody. Okay. Like a nobody famous. I um, do really want to watch that um, The Thing About Pam show. With Renee Zellweger? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that that was out. Yeah. I, I didn't know they made a show of it until our friend James mentioned it. Uh, I, didn't, I don't even think he called it that. <laughs> he just called some Renee Zellweger show or whatever, and I yeah. was like, oh, oh, what's that? Like... I listened to the podcast when it came out because Keith Morrison hosted it, and you know I love him, and he did a great job hosting as or narrating as usual. Uh, I I heard he narrates the show. No, he does not. Yes, he does. Okay, well now I want to watch okay. it. Now I wasn't on board before, but now I'm on board. <laughs> That's what I heard. I think that he narrates the show as if it's like the podcast. That's insane. Yeah. So I, I haven't confirmed this because I haven't watched yet, but I definitely have it on my uh, radar to watch. So I'm excited to check it out. I f- is that Peacock? Dude, I don't know. I think it's Peacock. And I have to say, <laughs> Peacock has some underrated true crime miniseries. Uh, like I liked the Dr. Death one. Did you ever watch that one? No. Okay. It's really good. You okay. have to watch okay. it. Oh. They're, they're really underrated good. Is, is that Joshua Jackson? Yes. Okay. It's very good. Um, so yeah, I recommend that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, so we finished The Good Wife. Okay. The Good Wife has one of the most ridiculous endings I've ever seen. Oh God. <laughs> now that I know I have Paramount, I'm going to finish it. You have to finish <laughs> it. It just, I can't, I, we, we both looked at each other. We're like, really? Like we just laughed. We're like, really? Wow. Okay. Oh my God. Now um, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, there's, like I said before with The Good Wife, I like they ended it when they should have ended it. I, I I liked I was really riveted by the first half of the sixth season, but and there were moments that were interesting, but it wasn't the same vibe of the first five seasons for me. But Is six the last season? Seven. Seven. Okay. Then we started watching the good fight. Oh, you did? <laughs> after. Yeah. Because now that I have fucking Paramount Plus, I might as well get my money's worth right. out of that streaming site. So we started watching The Good Fight with Christine Baranski continuing her role as Diane Lockhart. They swear on this show. Because I think it was a an app show initially. It's not like a it's never been on TV. Okay. Cause I was like, cause she's like, fuck. And I was like shocked because I'm just so used to, you know, you know on network TV they're always like, that's bull. Yeah. No, no that was definitely never on network TV. It was it was like launch the app, I think. Yeah. So it, I just think after everything that Diane Lockhart has been through in the seven seasons I watched her on The Good Wife, she's earned the right to say fuck. So it's that's that's a nice aspect of it. I've only watched like 3 episodes of that show, so right. who's to say? But I mean, look, it's it's kind of comforting at this point because you want to stay with some of those characters. Sometimes you just feel comfortable with the with the characters. Yeah. No, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to finish Good Wife because now I have to. Yeah. I have to get to the conclusion. <laughs> I just need to talk to you about the, like, the final scene of okay, it. Okay. I'll uh, get to it for sure. So, yeah. 
that's all. What did I? I feel like I did. No, I, no. Was, I thought I watched a movie. I was going to start a movie. It was called like The Last Possession. Did you hear about this movie? No, it's a horror movie, obviously, <laughs> but it's The Last Possession. Wait, is know. it new? Yeah, twenty twenty two. So I'm so out of the loop on new movies I, right now. I think I started it, and then within like a few minutes, I was like, eh, I'm not in the mood." You know, there's like a certain look to certain horror movies, and I don't quite know what the technology is, but it's very hard for me to get past it sometimes. I don't know if it's filmed in video. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look like a movie in a movie theater quality. It has like a TV quality, even if it was in the theaters. Maybe it's like shot on digital. I have no idea like what the technique is. Um, But a lot of horror movies have this, and this one did, so it made me not... Like I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it one day, but not today. Yeah, <laughs> I think Scream Scream Five came out finally on on demand. Or oh yeah, streaming. I have that available to me too. But I didn't even finish four. Oh okay, I liked four. I liked all of. I like all of them. Uh, not. I don't like all of them. You don't like four? I like one. Two is pretty good, and then I feel well, like nobody the- likes three. I saw some people defending three. Look, I'm sure that's become a hot take in the recent years. There's aspects to three that are great, but it is a significant, like it is, it's a departure from the first two for sure. And it's, it's widely been derided. Yes. But I know the derision, but then recently I saw some people trying to be like, no, that's, Which I, I watched and I think it's not great. I think here's my problem with Scream. It's the same freaking movie over and over again, basically. Yeah. There's some person, you don't know who the killer is, even though it's always quite obvious to me, especially two, three, and four. Like, I didn't find those to be very shocking at all. Wow. <laughs> wow Were they Jesse. shocking? I, like, one I thought was very shocking. I did not see that coming. Maybe it's just because we've it's been around so long. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I didn't know why... They were the killers. It just seems like I don't know. I like it. I love. I love the Scream franchise. I think. Yeah. It's, I think it's. One I of definitely the, think one and two are good for sure. I, I mean, I like them all. I have. They I have a special place in my heart for all of them. And obviously, five getting to see that in the theater was like super fun. And I saw four in the yeah. theater too. So I'll watch five at some point. Uh, I think that four was just so like ugh, again. Like, am I going to do this again? Maybe it's better when you have to wait a few years in between. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the formula is pretty formula. Like there's a formula. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's why I like it so much. <laughs> yeah. I like that it's formulaic. I like that there's so many, it's like, it's just part of it. It's like, there's so many callbacks to yeah. the other ones. No, there's, it's definitely well done. And it's not that I hate it. It's just, it's not like something that really excites me when the new one's coming out. I'm like, I, I could care less. It's not your franchise. No. Although I think the first and the second one are very good. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, no, it's not my franchise. I mean, maybe that's just how franchises are in general. Like it's a lot of fan service and yeah. callbacks and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's all we watched. What did we eat just now? Well, we finally got Quarter Sheets Pizza, which is a local Echo Park. Uh, they used to be one of those pandemic restaurants where you had to order <laughs> pre-week. So obviously we never got our act together to get that together. Well, it was like out of someone's house. Yeah, so you had to place your order on Wednesday and you had to do it like fast because they would obviously sell out at some point. You can't do 
hundreds of people uh, like that. Now you still have you still have to pre-order. Well, you don't have to necessarily pre-order. You can. They do have pickup by the slice, but it, it might run out. Right? Yes. So. Uh, and I think that might change soon because now they're more of a f- functioning restaurant. Yeah. So once they probably figure it out, um, I like I like ordering in these circumstances. It wasn't the pressure was really a lot for those places <laughs> over the pandemic. Yeah. Where you had to get the drop right at twelve p.m. or whatever, like sign up. So it was very good. We got pepperoni, like a traditional. This is Detroit style pizza, so it's. Uh, Kind of reminds me of Sicilian. It's like squared out. It has big corners. The dough is very uh, thick. It's not a thin crust pizza. It's like cooked in a pan. Yeah. So the edges are very um, cheesy, crunchy, browned, yeah. which I thought were really good. And then we got a special, their specialty pizza this today was, um, what was it called? The Polish Yacht Club. Yeah. So it had like um, potatoes. Uh, farmer's cheese and so, like a lemon cream type sauce or something. What else was on that? Caramelized onions. Oh, caramelized onion and it, chives. It was really good. It was very good. The lemon was so good. Yeah, that like made it for me. The lemon took it to another level. Yeah, it was just really perfect. Uh, very good. And then we got the. I think it's like a couple. So I think the. The boyfriend or husband does Wait, the pizza. They're, they're in a relationship. Yeah, I think so. I don't want to oh. like. I don't want to like put that on them. Okay. I think they are. Uh, <laughs> and she does the baked goods. Hannah. Yeah, she yeah. does the cakes. Yeah. So she um, she always has uh, different ones weekly, but she has a princess cake every week, and we all know that we love princess cake. So we finally got to try her princess cake, and it was really good. It's a very good princess cake. The cake part of it itself, I was telling Desi, like, this is one of the best cakes. It was just so light and fluffy. It was not dense. It was just perfect. It wasn't too sweet. The pastry cream was really rich. It It was really good. She's a great baker. I think I read something with her once where she's, like, not a dessert person. Right. So that's why her... Cakes are not overly sweet, yeah. so they rely on a lot of flavor and uh, texture. And uh, I thought this was really good because sometimes princess cake can veer to overly sweet if it's at like a bakery that kind of probably pounds out a bunch of <laughs> princess cakes. And and marzipan is really sweet. I felt like her marzipan was not overly sweet, yeah. Too maybe she makes it. Uh, she so yeah, probably makes it, it was very good, um, just perfect. Yeah, so very good great. place. Highly recommend. And we'll go back in a, maybe in a few months or something. What are we baking right now? Oh, and then we're also making hamantashen. Right now. Yeah, we have our dough chilling. In the fridge. Rachel is making a traditional, more traditional style poppy seed flavored with orange, right? Yeah, it's a lemon zest dough, like a lemon zest cookie dough, and then the filling is a traditional Russian Jewish poppy seed filling. So it's like very sticky. Does that have orange in it? It has orange zest. Oh, okay. I put some orange zest in there. Yeah. Um, And then I'm making a apricot hazelnut brown butter hamantaschen, and Mm. that is from Smitten Kitchen, who we mentioned 
in our diatribe about Hamantaschen. Last <laughs> the, week. Yes. We didn't say it was Smitten Kitchen. She was not part of the scandal, but that scandal inspired her to try different recipes. I tried one of hers last last year or the year before. It was a um, marbleized dough, so a chocolate and vanilla dough that was filled with a cream cheese, like a cheesecake type filling. Mm. So very untraditional, but it was good. Hamantaschen. Yes. Yeah. So I, this is another one of her recipes. Cool. I mean, it sounds really good. I'm excited. It smells good. I almost spilled all of your hazelnuts on the floor. Oh. <laughs> Luckily, I have a ton more. I'm trying to get the skins off of them, and I put them in a dish towel that Rachel probably, you probably just picked it up or something, right? Yeah, I was like, get this out of the way, and then like <laughs> a bunch of hazelnuts spilled out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was trying to get the skins off, which if you have any tips, <laughs> I, I feel like They're it never works. too thin. Why can't they just come without them? Yeah. I feel like if you put them in a tumbler, remember rock tumblers? Rock tumblers. <laughs> did you have one of those? No, I but I, I think I wanted one. Dude. That was like I, something I would circle in the catalog yeah. every year. I want this fucking rock tumbler. I got one one year for, I actually might've gotten it for Hanukkah and... <laughs> I just remember that thing was so loud, like oh, obnoxiously God. loud that yeah. I was like, this isn't even worth it because it's obnoxious. It was, and it went for like two hours. It was like, mm, for and like, what did it do? Just smooth a yes, rock? I don't even see. I can't even remember what the final product was. It clearly wasn't remarkable because I don't even remember. Yeah. All I remember is the noise from the machine. Well, and it's just like, I don't. What do I need a fucking smooth rock for? Even <laughs> why did I want one? I wanted because they're always the, in that sciency section. Here's what I liked. Here's what kind of kids' toys I liked, uh, besides Barbies and stuff, obviously. But I really liked those toys that like made something into something else and seemed like magic, but it was really just science. I was into toys that were like this is kind of adult, but yeah. we have a kid version, like right. chemistry set, right. Uh, rock tumbler. I wanted shrinky dink. I wanted to make shrinky dinks. <laughs> I wanted to do like, that's did you, saying. did you ever make the things that were like the creepy crawlers? I, of course we, <laughs> me and my brother and my two cousins, we were creepy crawler fanatics. We made them all the time. They also had a for girls version which was called jazzy jewelry. <laughs> so <laughs> we just, we, we were more, both girls and boys did the creepy crawlers. No. We didn't get gems. <laughs> Dude, we had we had jazzy jewelry and creepy crawlers. I liked both of them equally. The jazzy jewelry you'd make like um little rubberized like necklaces. Yeah. I mean it was like so stupid. It's like here's something for the girls who don't want to play with scary bugs, but I mean I liked both of them. Uh yeah, I just had the creepy crawlies, but I also loved Easy Bake Oven. Yeah. Like when we saw that in the Elizabeth Holmes, I was like, I want that again. Yeah. I, 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 I now had, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I had Easy Bake Oven. I loved it. Anything that could transform something I liked. Oh, yeah. Totally. That was my favorite thing, too. That I definitely remember circling that rock tumbler every year and never getting it. Like in the catalog, you know, you circle things. I think I also was under the impression that like, oh, my God, this is literally going to make diamonds. I think that's what I thought too. I don't, I don't even know what I thought. It just sound. it was just like, Oh, that sounds good. Like, you know, it was probably next to a few other things I wanted. Uh, the rock tumbler was always there. I like how loud it is. It's so loud. It was I feel a- like I've heard that since 
from other people too. Dude, um, it, all I used it one time, one time, because it was so obnoxious. Um. Okay. Well, we will let you know how this hamantashen comes out. We'll post pictures on our personal Instagram. Yeah, so you can check us out there. Check it out. And, and we'll see you for Ava Part 2 this week. It's coming. Yeah, we'll see you for Ava Gardner Part 2 this week. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay, bye. bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.